You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here, along with our MLB.com Nationals reporter, Jamal Collier. And Jamal, we're got a lot to talk about here on the podcast this week. We're going to start our positional breakdowns. And for the Nationals, we're starting at the catcher spot. So we'll get into that a little bit. Max Scherzer won't be pitching in the World Baseball Classic because of a knuckle injury. But we want to start with uh, bold predictions. Bold predictions between now and the start of spring training. And that time is is kind of quickly evaporating. A little over a month before pitchers and catchers report. The Nationals have certainly made some moves already this offseason. But if there was one bold move left to do, what would it be for this Nationals team? Yeah, you mentioned a lot to talk about. And the, the kind of thing is it's kind of been for the whole offseason for the Mavs. They've been one of the most active uh, teams and involving seemingly every little trade, every little move, and that's kind of checked in on every player. Um, but the one thing that kind of remains was probably their biggest, uh, you know, number one priority kind of heading into the offseason, and that's, of course, to sign a closer. Um, and it's kind of probably one of the biggest questions in all of baseball here remaining throughout the rest of uh, these couple, last couple of weeks before we head to spring training is exactly who's going to pitch that ninth inning for the Nats. Um, you know, I wrote about it on MLB.com. It'll be up on Tuesday uh, about just uh, what, um, you know, as far as the Nats are going to do to fill that role. And I think the guy that makes the most sense in my bold prediction is they're going to be the team that signs Greg Holland. Um, he's a guy who, you know, obviously coming off Tommy John surgery, uh, and there are the kind of question marks that's around that. But the Nats are a team who have known to deal with pitches with Tom, Tommy John surgery, know how to kind of handle a guy coming off that Sean Kelly, of course, has had two Tommy John surgeries in his career. They have him on the roster. Uh, Steven Strasburg, obviously, Jordan Zimmerman. They drafted Lucas Giolito, who was having Tommy John. So they just have a lot of experience dealing with those kind of pitchers, and they don't really shy away from guys uh, coming off that, that injury. Um, and also, it is, they need a guy to pitch the ninth inning. And when you look at just the rate that closers are getting paid or getting traded for, um, the, the fact that they gave up so much to get Adam Eaton um, I would think that they're a team that's normally obviously hesitant to give up prospects in, in general anyway, um, that they may not want to pay another prospect price, another heavy prospect price to acquire a closer right now. Uh, I think that's why Holland makes the most sense. He's a guy who can come in, maybe make him compete for the job, come to spring training, see exactly what he has, but uh, come in and do a spot where he, you know, if he performs well and looks close to his old self, he can get that ninth inning job back if he comes to D.C. Uh, the Nationals wouldn't have to put a heavy commitment to him. Maybe maybe you have to give him two years, but you know, you're not looking at a whole lot of money. You're looking at a guy with a risk that they're kind of uh, well-adept to handle, a guy coming off Tommy John that they know how to necessarily do a program or whatever it might be, no limitations of pitchers coming off that surgery. So um, I, my bold prediction was the Nats will be the team to sign Holland here. We still have a couple of weeks out, and so far they've only kind of shown um, – that's some kind of marginal interest. They've obviously kind of checked in on him and, and had a person kind of at some of his workouts and, and checked in, but nothing necessarily aggressive just yet. But I would think with the, as, as we get closer to uh, the, the report day for spring training, they're going to kind of turn up the interest a little bit and uh, go after Greg Holland. That move certainly makes a lot of sense. The good thing the Nationals have going for them is that they do have guys in-house that, that can fill the role if needed. So if uh, Greg Holland, uh, we'll call it an experiment for, for no other word, um, as far as the injury goes, um, doesn't work out. We've talked about it. Sean Kelly can, can maybe step into that role. They have other guys that could do it. But certainly adding a guy with the experience of Holland at the back end of a bullpen would be a great move late in the offseason. All right, bad news for the Nationals. 
as far as pitchers go on Monday. It's the news that Max Scherzer, stress fracture in his knuckle, won't be throwing in the World Baseball Classic. That's the bad news. I guess the good news, Jamal, is it sounds like he should be good to go as far as uh, long-term and, and ready to go opening day. And, and there's not a lot of concerns about this affecting his regular 2017 season. Yeah, we got a little more clarity on it uh, later last night after the Nets initially announced it. Max Scherzer sent out a statement on his Twitter account uh, where he said he actually started first feeling this uh, finger injury that was diagnosed as a sprain. This was kind of in late August. So really it was something he pitched through to the whole last month of the season and into the playoffs. Uh, you look at his numbers, they certainly weren't affected by it. I think it was 5-0, and 3.2 ERA or something around there. Uh, with still 10.8 strikeouts per nine innings. So if that's what Max Scherzer potentially compromised uh, is like, you know, you just kind of wonder just how, how just amazing just how much of a talent he is. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a thing that, you know, basically they, they thought would kind of just get better with rest. And he said it still kind of bothered me. It didn't bother him. He said pitching in that last uh, month and a half. It wasn't something that was painful. That's why he just kind of pitched through it. Um, but just the fact that it was still kind of lingering. Uh, they had another MRI on it done in December revealed the um, stress, fact, stress fracture, I should say, uh, in that right ring finger. And, and, you know, just best, again, to not push it and not extend himself uh, in a game in the World Baseball Classic. You know, he's really excited to pitch. We've been reunited with his former manager, Jim Leland, and pitching coach Jeff Jones and guys he has a lot of respect for. Um, but, of course, he's got, obviously, higher commitments to the Nationals uh, and long-term commitments to the Nationals as well. So, um, just the kind of thing where it doesn't make sense to extend him with you know, the World Baseball Classic would have been about a month after spring training starts. Uh, about March 10th or so was the first game. He almost certainly would have pitched one of those first couple of games for Team USA. So best to go ahead and, and keep him out of that tournament and uh, kind of get him ready for the regular season and, and focus on rehabbing the injury that way. So um, as far as what limitations or what things as far as may it goes for him in spring training. Right now, there doesn't seem to be any indicator that there's going to be any. Um, you know, they said he'll be a full participant in spring training, and you would kind of expect him to go along his throwing program and everything else as usual. But uh, does, you know, unfortunately for Team USA, that, that Max will not be able to participate uh, in the uh, World Baseball Classic because he would have been a huge addition to that team, one of the highest profile players to uh, not only this year, but probably ever in the history of the tournament. I'm sure Scherzer's real disappointed he can't throw in, in the World Baseball Classic. The Nationals as a team may be less disappointed because I know when it comes to pitching, teams aren't thrilled to have their guys throwing extra games early on like that and sometimes being stretched out a little early. So I'm sure they're quite okay with Scherzer bowing out of the World Baseball yeah, Classic. There, All right, let's there's always, go ahead. There's always that risk about the World, world, the world Baseball yeah. Classic, but the Nets were um, – Seemed at least to be pretty, uh, weren't very hesitant, I should say, to, to allow Max to, to pitch in it just because, I mean, this is a guy who, who threw the most innings in the majors last year, too. And I kind of uh, was wondering why to, to, to kind of put that undue stress and more innings and more burden on this, on this guy who's got a lot of miles on him anyway. Um, but, I mean, they really uh, trust the way he takes care of himself and expect and, and know that, you know, he puts a lot of pride into into these kind of things. And, and they seem to be kind of full backing with him to, you know, to go ahead and, and, and pitch this and pitch this World Baseball Classic. And they've got Daniel Murphy playing as well. Oliver Perez is going to pitch for Team Mexico. Um, so, you know, obviously everybody would probably prefer not extra stress for their pitchers. But, um, you know, the thing that they had is he, the, the Scherzer had the Nats full blessing, I should say. Uh, for this, so I think it was um, definitely something that it, it for him it just was kind of not worth the risk, and for them not worth the risk, they decided to just kind of you know part ways with this tournament. 
withdraw from the tournament. So. Let's switch to the other side of the battery for this Nationals team and look at this pitching situation. Obviously, Wilson Ramos, a huge part of the 2016 Nationals uh, until the injury late in the season. And, of course, they didn't have him for the postseason, and that was a big deal. He leaves via free agency. Um, they signed Derek Norris to come in. They also have uh, Jose Lobaton, Pedro Severino. Spencer Keeboom still uh, there also on the 40-man roster. But let's start with Norris um, because he's the guy that's going to be kind of pinpointed to, to replace in some way what Wilson Ramos brought. Um, he's coming off a tough year at the plate, Jamal. He's never been known as far as a great defensive catcher, but this is a guy who's still in his 20s, who's been an all-star. Um, what are the Nationals hoping to get from Derek Norris? I guess first offensively. Yeah, certainly better than what he was last year. I mean, yeah. you look at the last year, they obviously had Wilson Ramos, who was terrific. Uh, you know, by by some measures and, and by way to runs created plus, he was the best offensive catcher in the majors. And to replace that with a guy who, to the same measure, was actually the worst offensive catcher in the majors, um, is it, kind of a, an odd just optics kind of thing. Uh, when you look at it and say, well, how can you know wh- what are you really kind of expected to get here? Um, they definitely don't think that Derek Norris is going to be what Wilson Ramos was in 2016. They also really don't think that he's going to be what Derek Norris was in 2016. Um, you know, he does have the, some credentials and the pedigree that you saw it only a couple of years ago. Um, he was an all-star in 2014. He was a pretty solid player the year after that in 2015. So, you know, they definitely expect a, a, he had a lot of kind of bad luck when he did put the ball in play. He struck out – strikeouts are, are up in general, and everybody kind of strikes out a lot. But, you know, he struck out, I think, 30% of the time, which was, you know, one of the worst, worst numbers in the majors uh, this year. But when he did put the ball in play, he kind of had bad luck low batting average on balls in play. Uh, his line drive rate was good, but kind of seemed to be running right into out. So um, they expect that to be a little better and those numbers to normalize a little bit and maybe him to walk a little more. Um, and it's definitely got some power and some things that he can do in that respect. So um, do you expect him to be Wilson Ramos? No, uh, definitely not. But they definitely expect him to be a better version of himself. Um, and we can get a guy on a, on a bargain um, kind of deal. They didn't give up a, a highly touted prospect or anything for him. Uh, didn't have to pay a whole lot of money, so it's kind of you know kind of a bargain here for a guy you're hoping to have a bounce back season and can fill that role uh, with a rebound for himself. You mentioned the batting average balls in play just 238, so that goes yeah. a long way. Obviously, that's that's not a, a usual number in baseball when you're putting the ball in play, so you would expect that to go up a bit, and, and obviously some optimism around Derek Norris. How about the backup spot? Because there's a lot of other catchers here on the, on the roster. Um, Jose Lobatone has kind of been a solid, reliable veteran guy for the Nationals. Pedro Severino, the younger guy coming up, that, that looked pretty good in a real small sample size last season when Ramos got injured. So how does that play out behind Norris on this roster? Yeah, I think they actually feel pretty confident in that. I mean, Lobatone is a guy that they really like, really rave about. Um, you know, his numbers are, are – are, they're not great at times. They're really, really small samples. Um, especially last season, he got hurt, uh, was nicked up a little bit, so he didn't even play a whole lot. But he's a guy who the pitchers love throwing to. Uh, they all rave about his his skills as a, a, a pitch caller, pitch framer, all those kind of things um, that every backup catcher seems to give remarks for. But uh, you know, they, they they really enjoy him, and he's one of the, the team people in the clubhouse they really enjoy. So um, Lobatone's on a guaranteed contract. He's almost for sure going to be the, the backup. Um, unless uh, some kind of injury strikes. But, you know, they, they feel good about that, and they really like Severino and, and uh, Kimum as well. And when you look at those 
those young catchers that can potentially provide something if injury happens or if Severino really makes a big stride. He, he defensively is probably uh, projects to be one of the, the better defensive catchers in the league. Um, just kind of maybe not there with his bat just yet. If you see him make big strides with his bat, you'll probably see him at some point anyway in the majors this year, but um, especially if he kind of starts hitting the ball uh, well down in Triple A. But yeah, they, they do have some good depth at catcher that they that they like and they enjoy. Um, that if, if something were to happen or they need to kind of mix things up, they can do. Um, but right now, it looks like Lobatone is definitely kind of slotted into that number two spot. And, uh, you know, the other, the other guys are definitely can push him and then potentially, you know, get their way into the majors here sooner than later. Yeah, Severino, the club's 11th-ranked prospect on MLBpipeline.com. Uh, Keyboom down to 30 right now. His brother now in the organization of the number three prospect. He's a shortstop. Um, so great depth that you don't always see on a major league team as far as the catching position. It seems like really across the board kind of the thinnest position around major league baseball. So for the Nationals to have basically four guys that – in a pinch could step up probably to the major league level and catch is an impressive spot to be. There'll be plenty of pressure on Derek Norris to, to be the guy. Uh, but, but overall it looks like the nationals are in a good spot. Thank you so much again, Jamal. Great stuff. As always, this has been MLB.com extras, our nationals edition. We'll go around the rest of the roster spots for this team. As we get closer to spring training, we'll do the rest of the infield, the outfield, the, the bullpen and the starting rotation between now and pitchers and catchers reporting in mid-February. For Jamal Collier, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.